Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lessons from the Office, the number one ranked podcast of the United States pickleball team. As we approach the Olympics, um, we here, the pickleball team, are huge listeners of our podcast. Um, back, as always, I am Randy, along with Bruce. How are you doing today, Bruce? Hey, Randy, I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Have you ever played pickleball? I, I you know, I, I said that, but then I'm wondering if you've ever played it. You know, I've not played pickleball, oh, but we ride fun. our bikes by the park where they play pickleball literally it seems like 24 7 i mean yeah i'll go yeah. by there at you know seven in the morning there'll be people out playing um, right so the older generation likes to play it i think i would agree with that statement based on my own observations yeah yeah the, the one time i played it was like myself and like someone comparable to my age and we played an older couple like two older guys and they destroyed us like we're like haha we're gonna beat you because we're young and athletic but they like knew how to play and they and embarrassed us that happens it does i was it just does. using the analogy of uh old guys playing basketball are better at knowing how to play as oh, a team than young guys yeah yeah what absolutely. was i talking about with that i don't know yeah but i was talking about how uh you know old guys often play much better because they're looking for ways to pass and move the ball yeah. around whereas the younger yeah. guys are trying to like showboat and get the awesome shot and you know yep. go for the three-pointer and mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. older guys tend to play so well as a team and it just works really well and then they always embarrass the younger guys because they win right that that is that is how when i play like horse with like younger people i win because i you know they'll all try to like you know hit three pointers and blah 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 and i'll just go with like a mid-range jumper or a foul shot and they just can't make it and then they always <laughs> get mad at me because they're like stop taking those shots and i'm like well no because i'm making them and you're not exactly and it's all that about is the how basics. force works. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but really excited to dive in today. It's been a while since we have recorded a podcast. Lots of big goings on. It's now past the 4th of July in, in our actual world. So I know. The, the heat of summer, it was like 100 degrees today. Literally, it felt like 100 degrees. Well, you know, it's funny because I feel like I've, got, I've slacked off on editing these podcasts. Not that it's a heavy edit, but we always do kind of clean it up a bit. I cut out a lot of my ums and ahs, and that's going to sound funny because I'm going to cut those out. So it'll just say, I cut out a lot of my and, and you know, that's what it's going to sound like on the, on the episode. Right. Just kidding. But right. uh, but yeah, we do do some basic editing, and it's funny because when the weather's nice, I spend so much more of my free time outside doing things, doing yard work, home projects, and things like that. So I, fin I find that I get behind on the editing. So sorry, listeners, that we haven't been as up to snuff on getting things out. But it is July, as you said, and we're actually yeah. talking about the episode Christmas Party. And really... Christmas in July. I know, Christmas in July. And so yeah. I thought I'd jump into the synopsis real quick. This episode was directed by Charles McDougall and written by Greg Daniels, Michael Shore, and Ricky Gervais. And the synopsis is, it's the holiday season after a tough year financially, and Michael's intent on making the company Christmas party one for the ages. So using his extensive Christmas bonus, Michael exceeds the Secret Santa $20 limit and buys Ryan an iPod. And when he feels that his gift that he received wasn't of equal value, he gets angry, frustrated, and childish, and switches to the Secret Santa to a Yankee swap against the wishes of his entire staff. And of course, shenanigans happen and hilarity ensues. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Say that one more time. So Shenanigans. As I was watching this episode, I couldn't help but think about some white elephant gift exchanges that I've participated in at my companies and previous employers 
Do you have any good stories, Randy? Yeah, yeah. The most recent one that I did was maybe like three, four years ago. There were a group of guys that, that worked at the same um, company as I did. And there weren't a lot of guys at our organization at this time. So we like all had this like secret guys club. So we would always do, you know, fun Christmas things. And we decided to do a gift exchange. And if we did, you know, the very traditional sort of Yankee swap, very similar to how they played it in the office. And the, the present that I ended up with was actually like a really good present. So I somehow ended up with like an Ohio state, blanket in this nice you know tumbler mug type of thing and whatever and i was like does the person that had this not understand how this game works because i gave like some terrible regifted you know ceramic right. something or other and i i was like michael in the episode where i was like oh like i really wanted like everything to swing <laughs> back to me or i don't want it you know i don't want to get this nice blanket and you know, super nice mug taken away. And I ended up with it at the end. I was so excited. So I was like, you know, everybody trying to get the iPad or iPod. That was me. I was just hoping that I got to keep my super nice stuff that I got. Well, with as competitive as you are, it doesn't surprise me that you came out ahead and actually, I did. actually I did. got the blanket. And, I still, I still have the blanket. Oh, still I don't use doubt it. It's yeah. like, it is almost like it's a blanket, but it's like sweatshirt material. Oh, Have cool. you ever seen a blanket yeah. like that? I, so it feels like you're wrapping yourself in a sweatshirt or if you like drape it over, you know, your legs or something like that. So it's like soft and comfortable. I, yeah. And it's Ohio State. So go Bucks. Go Bucks. O-H. I-O. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I have told this story a billion times. So stop me if you've heard this before. Don't though, because we're actually recording a podcast, <laughs> right. and the listeners Stop. probably haven't. Except that That's right. they're probably mostly our friends, so maybe they have. I am hemming and hawing, going all over the place this episode. <laughs> so, so yeah, we did this a white elephant gift exchange, and I couldn't think of anything to get. And you know, I'm trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out, and my roommate jokingly said something about giving a lobster and i was like okay that's a that's an interesting idea so at lunch the day of the white elephant gift exchange i went up to giant eagle and i bought a live lobster and they come in boxes that say live lobster on the side (laughs) and uh i came prepared i had a gift bag so i stuck the whole live lobster box in the gift bag and uh stuck it under the christmas tree and you know there's always that one person in your office that like reacts you know just overreacts yeah. to everything right and, and jen i am calling you up by name because i was crossing my fingers and praying the hardest i've ever prayed that you would get this live lobster and guess what you got it and it was hilarious she opens the gift bag she pulls out the box that says live lobster she goes live lobster <laughs> and she opens the box slowly and looks in and she screams and drops it like jumps back <laughs> and we had a, an office dog and the office dog goes running over and starts sniffing it and it was hilarious now oh my goodness for all of our animal lover friends i did check with the meat counter person and they said that lobsters can survive outside of water for many many hours oh, okay so the lobster was alive and well uh mildly shocked though at its predicament um, yeah, right. when it was opened and the happy ending is it did go to a great home uh, one of my co-workers at the time was a former sous chef and so the lobster went home with the sous chef and lived a long, happy life, I'm very sure. I don't think. It, it, yeah. it performed its lo- lobstery duty of being eaten 
and being delicious, I'm sure. Yes, yes, but it was it was quite the unexpected that, and hilarious white elephant gift exchange gift. Yes. Now, now was it like the white elephant Yankee swap where people then fought over it, or did it just Jen it, get it? It was. Except that just Jen got it because it was the last gift under the tree. I see. And she was the last person. So it was kind of this like hurricane of of perfect storm where it was, you know, the culmination of of the Yankee swap. And she was like, oh, I guess I'll just take the last gift. And needless to say, it was awesome. And I was happy because I ended up with a new flask, which I still use while I camp. There you go. See, you know, that's what I don't understand sometimes when I've done that. It's like people don't understand how it works like i when when i hear that phrase like well we're gonna do like a white elephant i immediately think of something funny something silly or something like really crazy that's re-gifted that you don't want anymore right but i don't understand when people get like actual nice things unless it's explained differently at different locations when you play it but i always take it to mean like haha gag gifts like we're all just gonna laugh and you know have a good time type of thing i get the impression from the person that gave this gift that it was an extra out yeah, of oh, many. Okay. So yeah. Oh, oh. Okay. Yes. yes. I right. think I think he had gotten it and was like, alright, you have a couple of these. So Yeah, I I also received once at a white elephant or whatever you want to call it, gift exchange, a hunting knife, which if anybody knows me, I have never hunted in my <laughs> life. And I think it was the same sort of thing. Like it would seem like it was super nice and it was like this giant knife. And I, I think the person that gave it probably has a lot of hunting apparel. And I was like, I didn't even want to like take it out of the package. I was like, that's great. Let me put it to the <laughs> side and never touch this again for fear of cutting my finger off. Well, I'm glad that you didn't cut your finger off. But hey, let's transition and talk about the actual episode because yeah. our stories are funny. But yeah. The Office is always much funnier than our lives could True. ever be. True. True. Yeah. So uh, as we as we indicated, this is the episode called Christmas Party. It's season two, episode ten. And uh, there's a lot of fun things that happen. Uh, let's talk about the cold open real quick. Um, I love Michael's face as they're trying to get the tree in the office. And they're trying to get it through the door. And he just goes, shove it back! <laughs> and it kills me every time he looks at the camera and you can see him start to smile and stop smiling and start to smile. And you just know exactly what he's thinking. And it's so classic too. If you think about like, you know, the, the interactions with Michael and Dwight that they would get a tree that is that massively oversized for the office space. And as you see, as they tip it up and try to get it to stand upright, it like takes out ceiling tiles and it's like, you know, two feet too tall, which is just hilarious because i i can picture like me being in some sort of office scenario and like somebody does that just didn't measure and got the wrong size tree like that seems like something anybody could do but especially those at dunder mifflin well and i love the way they solved it and i don't think i'd ever really noticed this before but they're cutting the top of the tree off did you see what they're using to cut it off it's like a paper cutter it's a paper cutter yeah (laughs) i don't think i ever really noticed that Kevin's really like going to town on it too. Right. I mean, he's like breaking a sweat. Right. That was hilarious. But it was, but it was for charity. That that part. Well, they're going to sell it to charity. Sell it to charity. Yeah. Yeah. In the true Christmas spirit. Right. Right. Which Michael, we understand later, he he, you know, he really got carried away with the spirit, the spirit of Christmas. He did, and you get a classic. Of that's what she said when they when they were talking about you know cutting the tree off, and I think Kevin says, "Why'd you have to get it so big?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the Secret Santa. Uh, so as as you and I already talked about, uh, Secret Santa or gift exchanges are fairly common 
um, in a lot of offices across the United States. And so, you know, typically there's a $20, $30 limit, sometimes $10, sometimes $5, depends on how crazy you want to get. Um, and, and just for our listeners that haven't participated in one of these, uh, essentially you draw a name out of a hat. Um, that name, you get them a gift. Um, again, typically within a limit. Uh, sometimes Secret Santa's work where you get them multiple gifts over like a multiple week period leading up to, to Christmas. I know that's the way uh, my wife's office does it where they have, um, you know, they give like small gifts like a hot cocoa packet or, yeah. you know, a $5 Starbucks gift card or whatever. Uh, but my experience, it's always been one gift at one gift exchange where you you pass it around like they were doing here in the office. Um, and so uh, the the Yankee swap uh, is uh, another office tradition. Um, I know it better as a white elephant gift exchange. Yeah, uh, I thought too. I thought it was funny in the office. That they're like, what is that? And they like listed off the more common right, names yeah. just yeah, to na- make sure nasty, all the viewers... Nasty Christmas. Na- nasty Christmas? Yeah, that just sounds terrible. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. Right, but I thought it was funny they listed all the names to make sure all the listeners and all the, all the viewers knew... Exactly what they were talking about. So, so they uh, transitioned from this secret Santa with a $20 limit where we saw gifts like a shower radio, a shirt that Creed had pulled out of his closet, <laughs> and right. a teapot with a few small things thrown in, and uh-huh. then we get to the iPod. And so Michael has uh, drawn Ryan's name out of the hat, and so he's getting Ryan the secret Santa gift. And we all know about Michael's infatuation with Ryan, and do. so we also learned earlier in the episode that he received a $3,000 Christmas bonus, so he feels the need to be generous with Ryan. Randy, I think my question for you is, uh, when you're participating in a gift exchange like this, and there is a limit on price for these gifts, what's your thought on going over or going under that price limit? Yeah, that's a really good question, and you think about that when it comes to What's the right term I'm looking for? Maybe like office morale, because you don't want to be that guy that goes way over or way under. Um, And I say that knowing that if you went like a couple bucks over, maybe five bucks over, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But Bruce, you already said like with some of these other gifts were a shower radio. um, You see a poster that I think Toby got for Angela. You see some of the other gifts that they are probably around that $20 range, give or take a couple but the iPod, as Ryan mentions, is what did he say? It was like a $400, $400. iPod. And again, you know, I love when we kind of get these weird callbacks to like sign of the time technology things. Because they were like, whoa, a video iPod, you know. And it was probably like, you know, weighed weighed like seven pounds. And right. It was like giants, you know. And well, and the video little... screen was like half the size of the Right. half the size of the device too it yeah i mean size. i still remember like when they had like the little like scrolly wheel thing too they made like the sound when you right. scroll through things um but but yeah i mean he went entirely over and he did it and, and we know throughout the course of this entire season we're on season two now throughout the course of the entire series that michael does things to show off because he wants that attention he wants the adulation he wants everybody to like him and think he's the coolest he knew what he was doing and he knew that it would cause something, you know, some sort of emotional reaction when that was opened exactly like he got from Ryan. And I think he probably thought that Ryan would be like, Oh my gosh, this is so great. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. But it was almost, I, you could tell Ryan was almost taken aback and was uncomfortable 
with the gift because it was so expensive. Well, and the one thing that I noticed is that, uh, you know, when they're talking about the price, Ryan says, well, there's a $20 limit. And Michael says, well, he goes, well, there was a $20 limit and this is $400. And Michael says, you don't know that. And Ryan says, yeah, you left the price tag on. And <laughs> right. to the point you were just making, I immediately was like, oh, I bet he left it on there on purpose because he yep. wanted to be seen as, you know, that super generous, fun, you know, boss that, you know, is just doing all these great things. And so I think he left that price tag on there intentionally. Oh. For, for sure. And I think even his reaction when Ryan's like, oh, the price tag's on, he's like, oh, oh, really? Is it? Like, yeah, I think the way he even like reacts to that, he totally left that on for everybody to know how much it was. So one of the things that you and I were ta- discussing before this episode began is, is the ability to apply logic. So apply logic is one of the nice competencies that we discuss a lot at The Ohio State University, uh, which uh, we should have gotten into this in the introduction. Randy, you're no longer there. You've, you've accepted I- a new position. Yeah, but that we'll that come back is, to that at the end of the episode. True. Let's right, let's right. keep on this this train that we're on. Sure. So applying logic is one of the nice competencies, and it refers to students that are able to determine a problem's root cause, or um, organize and interpret data, um, synthesize information from multiple sources. And so, in what ways is Michael failing to apply logic when it comes to the Secret Santa? Uh, before we transition into the Yankee Swap? Yeah, absolutely. So if you think about applying logic, it is the ability to basically follow the rules and do what you feel is going to be best for yourself, for the organization in that situation. There was a price limit that was set. I don't know who set that limit. Maybe it was Michael. Maybe it was the party planning committee. But there was a price limit that was set, and he knew full well what that was. And he went way above and beyond and bought that iPod for Ryan. So right there, he's not applying any sort of logic whatsoever. And he's really undermining the entire staff Christmas party because you know that it's going to cause this emotional reaction and everybody's going to be put off by it. And not only is he doing that, but then it's leaking that he's getting this giant bonus and he's just casting this dark cloud over the entire Christmas party, which later then he just tries to, I guess, drown in alcohol for lack of a better term, (laughs) you know, for, you know, for pluses and minuses, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but just his lack of uh, applying logic throughout the early part of this episode was, was pretty clear and blatant. The next gift that's given is to Michael. So Ryan has just received this iPod from Michael. Michael's name is drawn from the hat. So he gets to to open his gift and it is an oven mitt from phyllis and phyllis says oh i knitted it for you so here's a handmade gift uh, made from one of his employees specifically for him now i think we can question question phyllis's ability to apply logic because knowing what we know about michael i don't presume him to be one that would use an oven mitt very often probably right yep maybe a hat maybe a scarf would be a better gift for someone like Michael. That said, again, looking at Michael, let's let's ask, uh, let's let's talk about his ability to apply logic and how he responds to Phyllis's gift. And it is a, oh man, it is just such an awkward, awkward, terrible response because he opens up this gift and it's an oven mitt, and we know that Phyllis likes to knit, likes to make things. If you're a fan of The Office and you go way into the future when Michael's leaving 
Phyllis is knitting him a scarf because he's moving, you know, out west and it's going to be cold. And Michael's like, oh, that's amazing. So, you know, there are times that we know Phyllis is doing this. So she probably took a lot of time. And even if it wasn't maybe the best gift for Michael, I really think she's doing that from the heart because she thought it would be a great present. And Michael just totally basically like craps on that and just like, <laughs> oh, like you love me in oven mitts, you know, worth, you know, of of Christmas spirit or whatever. He says something along those lines. But like, it's just a terrible reaction that, I mean, I, I've been there, Bruce, I'm sure you've been there too when you get a gift and you don't really like the gift or you have no idea what it is, but you still have to fake it and be like, oh, this is great, you know, knowing that you may never use it or it's not like the perfect gift for you. But his his response is just, it's immature, it's childish, it's whatever adjective you want to throw in there. Childish is what comes to mind. It made yeah. me think of when you see like a little kid that's like, oh, I wanted this for Christmas and you got me the generic version. And you can just yeah, see how right, like right. dejected and frustrated they are. Yeah. And even if they've been trained to be polite, like their emotions are just completely visible in their body language and on their face. And that's what happens with Michael. Like he just he reacts emotionally in kind of a knee-jerk reaction yeah. and sticks with it. Um, yeah, he, and, he storms out of the room. I mean, right. he literally gets up and just leaves the entire office area, which is like mind-blowingly childish. I feel like Steve Carell must have been like, when he was coming up with the character and, you know, figuring out who that character was, must have been like, I think he's a an eight-year-old boy that... right. <laughs> is in the man the body of a 40-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. Cuz yeah, so much exactly. especially of the early days of of Michael, that's mm-hmm. who who he is. So when he comes back in the room, he storms out of the room, he comes back and he says, "You know what we're going to do? We're going to do a Yankee swap." So Michael's trying to change the situation and in one sense this is actually kind of creative. Like he didn't get what he wants, so he's trying to change it so he can get what he wants. Um so that is kind of a creative solution to what he perceives as a problem. Of course, it is a problem that he created by not following the right. rules. Um, so he switches the game to the Yankee swap, but the entire team is is saying, no, let's not do this. You know, we got gifts for specific people. And it's it's funny because Ryan then opens up a gift and it's it's a nameplate made specifically for <laughs> Kelly. Right, right, right. Which to your point, looking to the future, it's kind of funny that Ryan ended up with this nameplate oh, for Kelly. That. That's true, yeah. That he didn't want, but he gets it anyway. <laughs> right. And and I think even is it is it Stanley maybe that was like, oh, that was meant for Kelly or something like that. And Ryan's like, yes, I assumed so. Like it's right. like this like weird, weird interaction very quickly. Right. And then Kelly ends up with the poster of the babies playing instruments which was for angela and and so you get all these people that now now it's not just michael that's frustrated or unhappy or disappointed it's the entire staff that's frustrated unhappy and disappointed And, and this was and this was really as we saw at the beginning of the episode this was really jim like shooting his shot too with like the gift to pam and then it starts getting yankee swapped around and ends up with dwight of all people where Jim really, really put his literal heart and soul into that presence. So of all the people that were upset, we see how devastated Jim is by this, like, you know, switching up from Secret Santa to Yankee Swap. I really thought that it was funny. Michael's comment as, as you know, as the sidebar, and he's, he's referencing his gift. He goes, everyone wants the iPod. It's a huge hit. 
It's almost yeah. a Christmas miracle. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and I like how he just frames everything he, he does as like so wonderful. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's again, uh, it's an entire lack of applying logic like we just talked about a minute or two ago. So if the competency is being able to assess the situation and apply logic to it, he did whatever the complete 180 of that is because these people – the staff members bought gifts for specific people that they drew names for. And he's just throwing them all into a pot and mixing them up, which is just a terrible way to go about it. You could see that everybody got, you know, really bad gifts that they didn't want. Michael ends up with, um, what is it? Paintball pellets. And, right. You know, right. For, paintball you know, lessons. Um, yeah. Paintball lessons from Dwight. And he's like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Like he, I, I don't know what, if, what would have made Michael happy in that situation. Cause I don't think he, I, I don't think he wanted the iPod back, but he just wanted something better. And I don't think there was anything er there that would have maybe satisfied or, you know, satiated him to the point where he thought he was getting something good because nobody else was in that ballpark right. uh, price wise of the iPod. Those, those are some excellent points, Randy. And uh, so as we, as we kind of wrap up this episode of lessons from the office, uh, I like to share some fun facts. And so uh, one of the fun facts that I thought was kind of cool, and this is from the office.fandom.com uh, is at the start of this episode, Pam is stuffing envelopes with the Christmas card from the office and mm -hmm. another common practice in private industry around the holiday season is to send out a Christmas card with your staff photo and apparently, um, Kate Flannery's head is pasted on top of Henriette Mantle, who played Meredith in the pilot. So they've done a little bit of Photoshop work yeah, there yeah, yeah. to include the current cast. Uh, so I thought that was kind of funny. That is. Was was this also? I, I you know this is probably one of those trivia things. Was this the first time that we get to meet Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration? I think it was actually. Forever, forever will be known as Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Could you could you imagine introducing yourself that way? Every single time you meet someone. I mean, if you're a small business owner, every I, interaction is an opportunity to, to get business. I guess. But I mean, I it, yes, it is a small business, I'm sure. But he seems like he's a pretty big, you know, Scranton mogul. Like, he seems like he's loaded. Right, right. Good for Phyllis. I know. I know, for sure. Well, that wraps it up for today. Do you have anything else that you want to say? Oh, we were going to come back to your, your new gig. Oh, that's right. You're that's no right. longer an employee of The Ohio State University. Just I am. No, sadly. Yeah, sadly, I am still an alumnus of The Ohio State University. But uh, yeah, last, I guess, two weeks ago. Sadly, you're still an alumnus? Yeah, whatever. No, not sadly. <laughs> Happily, I'm still an alumnus. I don't know. Whatever. Um, anyway, a couple of weeks ago, I did accept a, a new role. So I moved from The Ohio State University into the private sector still working in a kind of a similar space. So as we've talked about on the podcast before, both Bruce and myself, when we both worked at Ohio State, we're working in career development. And now I'm essentially just on the other end of a phone call. So I'm now the person recruiting students. So I took a, took a job as a corporate recruiter, lead talent acquisition person for a technology consulting firm, um, close by didn't have to relocate or anything like that um, but i'm two weeks into the job and really love it so far and still get to interact with interns and still get to interact with colleges and universities so um, like i said it's just the opposite end of the phone call still in this similar career development space um, but now instead of answering the phone at a university and helping companies i'm the company calling the university so really excited um, 
I, I had been at Ohio State for almost 14 years, so was very, very comfortable there. But so you started when you were five, right? I did. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did. Almost am old enough to drink now. Yeah, but it's exciting. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was just, you know, a good time for maybe something different, a new challenge, a new opportunity. Um, just kind of shake it up a little bit. So love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, yeah, you know, like I said, through two weeks, I've, I've loved the people I've gotten to know at my new job, and you just can't wait to, to dive in even more. Well, I'm excited to hear more about your, your new job and, and how it kind of changes your perspective on yeah. uh, recruiting and, and how it actually can potentially change your impact your perspective on, on how we do this podcast. So uh, very excited for you, Randy, and congratulations. But uh, I think that wraps it up. Absolutely, it does. We are super excited to continue talking to everybody in, in future episodes. And, and Bruce, we should probably say, where can people find this podcast at? We can find this podcast on anchor.fm where we host it, but we are also on Spotify and iTunes. Nice. Love are it. Are we I don't know. You're the you're the guy. You're the brains of this operation. Bruce. I know. It's been so long since we've recorded that I'm forgetting. <laughs> wow. Google, Google Podcast. Did you say that? iTunes, Spotify. Google I think Podcast. we're putting ourselves on Google Podcasts. Yeah, we're on Google. That's we're, what I use. I mean, if you're listening it. to us, you probably don't need to find us. That that's true. But I just feel like you know you it can sounds share more it with official. People. It does. It does. Yeah. yeah, you get that. Every podcast I listen to, they say, "Where can where can you hear us at?" Right. Or give us a give us a review. Subscribe. A five star. A five. Yeah, subscribe. Download. Set your podcast player to auto download. That's always what I hear on other podcasts. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I do it. I don't know how that affects anything, but yeah, I auto download things. Yeah. Well, this episode of Lessons from the Office was. Produced by. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor. Thanks to our sponsor. Yeah, and in, in, insert sponsor here that we don't have yet. It could be you. It could be. The it listener. could be any of you. Any of you. I thought you meant me, like particularly or specifically. I mean, yeah. Thanks to our sponsor, Randy Deneen. I can give you five dollars. What will that give me? Uh, continued spot hosting this podcast. Ooh. So you okay. Could, you could pay me to be one of the hosts. There I we like go. This. I like this business go. plan. Man, let's let's wrap this up. This is yeah. derailed quickly. I know. So I like we hope you enjoyed. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, we'll catch everybody next time on Lessons from the Office. Yeah.